Welcome to the Good News with Angie Austin. Now, with the Good News, here's Angie. Angie Austin here, along with Dr. Cheryl Lentz, the academic entrepreneur on the Good News. Welcome, friend. Welcome to you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. All right. You and I have been talking about uh, 20 things I learned from my bosses, even the bad ones, and we haven't finished that. So some of them are pretty good. So we'll continue with some of those. And then you are reading a book with uh, that my mentor wrote with another author. I do. Um, I am a big fan of both Greg Reed and Jim Stovall. Both are mentors of mine as well. And I just came across one of their books called Passport to Success, and I find it absolutely amazing. Oh, good. So we're going to discuss that. Before we start that, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how I love a good adventure. And recently, I just figured out that I got that from my dad. He's the one that always liked the good adventure and took us on so many when I was young. I remember, you know, portaging canoes and, you know, being in the rain in a poncho, you know, in the middle of the canoe while my dad and my brothers would be paddling and they'd, they'd have another, two of my brothers would have another canoe. And, you know, I usually sat in the middle just because, you know, I was little. But um, just, I loved all the adventures we took and traveling around the country and seeing so many things. And you have just decided to take a big adventure. Why and where? I am going to Italy starting next Tuesday. And this is, it's really bizarre. It has been on my bucket list for a very long time. And it's kind of funny. I spent six months planning my trip to San Diego and I will spend exactly nine days planning my trip to Italy. (laughs) Wow. Why just on a whim? Why so soon? How did this work out? Well, a couple of things. First of all, my graduation with my second master's and the fact that I turned 55 on the 14th. And I wanted to do something spectacular for my 55th. I never did anything for my 50th. And I figured now that the country is open, now that travel is back and I'm back to the business of living, it was a target of opportunity. And all the planets seemed to align because as I was doing my homework, It was a, Italy likes to have your vaccines within six months. My last booster was in December and I only have a six, uh, like a six week window in order to get there before I would have to get boosted again. And I don't know if I want to do the fourth one this quick. Wow. And I have friends who live there who are, I guess, absolutely love to have you. And they convinced me to come more than just three days. So off to Italy, I go on Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, I would think more than three days if you're going to travel all the way to Italy. Well, it's about actually the, it might have been easier to get to San Diego than it is to get to Florence, quite frankly, because it was about, it's going to be about the same amount of time, about 12 hours to get there. Wow. And so I find it funny that it's just where I'm, I'm flying through Zurich and then I've got a short hop from Zurich to, to Florence, but it just sounds so cosmopolitan. But if I would have planned sooner, I would have saved some money. So that'll be a, a good tip for your listeners. Yes. But the point was this adventure of I'm not getting any younger. It was a target of opportunity. And we never regret what we do. We always regret what we didn't. And I didn't want any more regrets. So this is not something I planned well. I've got it all in in hand. I had to make a lot of last minute arrangements. But it's a I'm going to have the trip of a lifetime. And I will be so thrilled that I'm doing it sooner rather than later, because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't want any regrets. So I'm (laughs) thrilled for you. And uh, uh, coincidentally, I'm taking my 80 year old mother and my 16 year old son to get their passports today so that if I do want to take my mom somewhere because she wants to go on another cruise. And my son has talked to me in the past, you know, about traveling out of the country, many places that he'd like to see. So we're going to do that today. The little ones, you have to have both parents there. So getting my husband away from work during the middle of a work day is not an easy uh, endeavor. And by the way, in terms of getting appointments for passports, 
I had to book about at least a month in advance. And when I looked last night to reschedule the girls in all of the Denver metro and then outlying like smaller cities, I couldn't find a single appointment in the next uh, in the next four weeks. I was just it's, well, it's shocking to me how difficult and it's the city of Centennial. It's one that that um, I had used in the past. Uh, they are saying that they don't even uh, that oh because of COVID they've uh, put their uh, you know passport operations on halt. It's like isn't it time to get the country back to normal? Well, and this is the part that I will um, impress upon your listeners is the idea of success is where opportunity and preparedness meet. The only reason that I am going is because I had my ducks in a row. My passport's been around since the 16th, 2016th. I've had it all renewed. I have a lot of things already in place so that I can, on a not quite a moment's notice, be able to jet without having to worry about the logistics because there's no way I would have been able to go in less than two weeks had I not had some of these arrangements. So keep your passport at the ready. Keep your things, uh, you know, like your your vax card updated, your driver's license updated, all of that fun stuff because it's something you're going to need to have. Matter of fact, my driver's license is expiring and I ordered it a week ago, not even knowing that I was going to have it so that I could have even a temporary one if I needed one. And so here are those things. If you want a jet, you got to have that planning ahead of time to anticipate, not just to react. That's a really good lesson. I have a question for you. Speaking of lessons, just one more question about passports and traveling. Uh-huh. Um, you said you had it renewed. You had it in 2016. Have you had it renewed early? Because mine I'm, expires in like uh, a year and a half. So I was thinking about renewing it now because it's such a hassle to renew them. You know what? That is, I don't know. I think okay. I know if I got something in the mail, I know because mine, it's good for 10 years. Mine doesn't yes. expire to 2026. I would do the if rules have changed now and put in the application. But I don't think you can do it um, probably maybe within the last three months. Oh, yeah. You've got to do it. A lot of countries, it has to be, uh, it can't be within six months of expiring when you go into the country. One of my friends was taking her entire family to, I believe it was Japan. And uh, she's one of the guests on the show. And she ended up staying in town. I'm like, what happened? She said, I didn't know that you had to have your passports. They couldn't expire within six months of your date of travel into this particular, into some foreign countries. And there's quite a list. So you really shouldn't travel if if it's going to expire in the next six months. Absolutely. And that was the part with my vax. I knew that as of March 2nd, which was Sunday, the rules were just changed in Italy for travel with regard to COVID and the rest of it. So again, this was all a target of opportunity. Had I not had all of these things in place, it would not have been, it would have been something that would have been easy to say, yeah, it's just too much of a hassle and all this stuff. And most of my, all of my friends were like, Cheryl, go. I don't care what it takes. I don't care how much it's going to be. You just figured out. And I pulled the trigger and I didn't even think about it. And now I, I'm kind of glad I did. <laughs> I, love, I love jumping at the opportunity for a great adventure. We've got a couple coming up this summer. We won't talk about those now, but eventually we will. In fact, Cheryl and I are going on one as well together. That's a pretty rough in it adventure, but it's going to be communal living and uh, at a camp. So that'll be fun. All right, let's talk about the book. Uh, Tell us the title again with Jim. It's called Passport to Success, Experience Next Level Living. And I find this curiously well-timed for what I'm about to do. (laughs) I love it. Okay, give us the lowdown on some of the uh, snippets that you really enjoyed. Well, what's really well done about this book is it's written as a story. So it's a personal allegory with lessons through the main character. And the main character is named Alex. And he has a lot of 
the, it starts off with a, how are you not paying attention? Because I don't want to have to spoil the book. But the point is, is that he loses an awful lot the first part of the book simply because he's not paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so he decides to go on an adventure. And again, it's very funny, this book in there. But here's where it is in chapter four that caught my attention. Life isn't a spectator sport. Get out and do it. Very few people participate while most are watching from the sidelines. That couldn't be more of a theme of this adventure right now is I don't want to read about it. I don't want virtual reality. I don't want to go on internet and YouTube and watch video. I want to stand in front of the Trevi Fountain. I want to stand in Rome, be there firsthand. And so this is, I think, one of the best parts of the book so far is you have to decide what you want to do. And I talked to friends of mine and they're going to Africa in two weeks and they're going to go on the Serengeti and Safari. Same rationale is we don't want to get too old where we can't travel, which is often what happens. And so there's a balance between time and money and there's just so much to see and urgency is really upon us. And that's really what's driving this for me. I love the idea about, you know, the, the, in the back cover, talking about the importance of, um, the importance of taking risks and pursuing those things that you really have dreamed about in order to fulfill your potential. I had one person actually say, and that's why it was interesting reading this book, is like, Cheryl, you're not one that tends to, you know, talk about things. I've written 53 books. No, I don't talk about it. I do it. There's only one I haven't written yet, and there's a reason for that. But there are things that I don't want to have that. I'm going to tell you I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it. A friend of mine called last week. He says, Cheryl, I am so proud of you. I'm like, proud of me for what? He said, you did what you said you were going to do. And I looked at him and I'm thinking, I didn't think that was so unusual. That's my modus operandi. If I'm going to not tell you to do something, I'm not going to do it or vice versa. I hold myself accountable, good, bad, or indifferent. And that is something that I know a lot of people are like, yeah, when I get around to it, yeah, when I get around to it, suddenly years pass. So this is really self-accountability. And that's part of the tenets of this book is be your own mentor, hold yourself accountable. And I've got a bucket list and I'm one of the few I know that I'm going through that bucket list just like you are. And I'm going to do it all before the fat lady sings. Uh, it says Greg Reed, his co-author, also wrote mm-hmm. the bestseller Three Feet from Gold. Uh-huh. And it's interesting because that Three Feet from Gold title on his book, that's a visual I use a lot where you've got two miners and they're, you know, g- going for the gold and one gives up like, you know, two inches from the gold and the other is quite a bit further, but is going to keep going, you know, and uh, obviously that shows Showing us that you know we could be so close to our goal and to you know to not give up on things and I think that you know sometimes people have had a failure or two and they just figure that it's not in the cards for them to succeed and as you know because that's one of the things you speak on failure failing to success that well that's it's not funny you mentioned Greg's book because three feet from gold is one of my absolute favorites of his and I actually keep a tape measure in my purse to remind me of that three feet from gold really Oh, yes. Ever since I've read the book, I read it almost once a year. And it always reminds us that oftentimes we quit right before we succeed. And it gets really hard. It gets really tight. And and you don't know how much you're capable of until you're tested. And we don't like being tested. We like being the expert. We don't like the road to get to that expertise. And so I keep that three feet of gold. I have a three foot tape measure that I keep in my purse. And I chuckle every time I, I look at it going, okay, I needed to see that today. That is so funny. I love reminders like that. And the fact that that, you know, uh, title hit me and I haven't even read the book. Again, oh, if you're just joining us, Dr. Cheryl Lentz and I are talking about the book Passport to Success, Experience uh, Next uh, pardon me, Experience Next Level Living, Passport to Success. And that's Jim Stovall and Greg Reed. What else stood out to you in the book that you think we could learn from? Well, I look at the idea of they always have quotes and they have these, you know, the every time of an experience that he goes through and he'll be able to look at it. 
But here's what I thought was interesting, too. If you want to find your fortune, look no further than your misfortune. Many people will say, like right in the first part of the book, they say when things are falling apart, often they're falling into place. And I sat there for a moment and took pause on that going, wow, because most of the time things go kerflooey and there's chaos and most of us just throw our hands in the air going, oh, my God, I give up, not realizing there's order in chaos. There is something, again, we can look at it as if the world's falling apart or we can look at it that the order is finally going into place where it ought to have been. And maybe it's the impetus, like this adventure. I don't know what's going to happen in Italy. And I'm scared and excited and anxious all at the same time. But knowing that there is purpose here and amazing things are going to happen if and when we are open to the possibilities. And that's allowing fear not to take over. And I will tell you, I'm a little, I'm a little anxious about this. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I'm thinking about there is, uh, there's order and chaos. My mom wanted this um, food processor, Cuisinart thing, and it had all these gadgets on it. And it's not like a blender where you just stick it on and push, you know, a start. So it's got all these pieces and she left it in the box for like weeks. I'm like, mom, are you going to use that or do I need to return it? You wanted that so badly. She's like, it's so big. There's so much stuff. So I got her a video on how to use it she watched it so she got it all put together and then i'm turning it on for her well it didn't work so we went to a different outlet still didn't work and then mom i'm like let's watch i'm gonna look at the video again i said hey there's a food like pusher like a thing that you have food pusher and you push <laughs> the food through with it and we found that and that was the only way that it would work if you use the food pusher as i'll call it uh wow. so kind of like a drug pusher but for the food um yeah a food pusher so anyway um we finally figured it out but it was good because she usually gives up on those things so i was happy we did that hey dr cheryl lentz is with us when we come back we are talking about uh experience next level living passport to success and 20 things i learned from my bosses uh, the good and the bad bosses. We'll be right back. Loveland is listening to the Mighty 670 KLT Denver. You just bought a new car and it's everything you dreamed of and more, but it's not. You have so many memories with your old car. It almost feels like a family member. So you want to make sure it goes to a good home. You'll feel comfortable knowing that when you donate your car to ARC Thrift Stores, you're giving to a good cause. You can donate anything with wheels, even motorcycles. And when you donate your vehicle, you get a tax deduction. It feels good to give back. As you say farewell to your old vehicle, rest assured that your donation is making a difference by helping people with intellectual and developmental disabilities Live on their own and have jobs. Donate your car to ARC Thrift Stores today. Visit arcthrift.com for more information about the car donation program. That's arcthrift.com, where your good memories of that old car can become new ones for people with disabilities. Angie Austin here along with Dr. Cheryl Lentz and we are talking about a book and we're continuing the uh, conversation on 20 things I learned from my bosses, even the bad ones. And Dr. Cheryl Lentz is going to wrap up our discussion on passport to success, to experience next level living, uh, Jim Stovall and Greg Reed. And I think it's we're laughing because I'm going to get passports today. She needs her passport for this adventure that she just planned to go to Italy like, I mean, within days, really. And uh, I, I, you got this early, didn't you? Did you get this this book early? Oh, I did. But the fact is, it just found me today. I mean, it's been sitting on my shelf since October. Wow. And yeah, I it's just, just coming out. 
Exactly. And it's just such a, I just finished Thrivation yesterday, which was the book we were talking about, you know, um, in previous segments. And so now this one happens to, and I chuckle at this going, how amazing that this book finds me today. But here's something I want to read to you because it really summarizes everything that we have. And it's a quiet by, uh, or a quote by a wise man from the Himalayas. It says, sometimes we have to take that one unseen step of faith to get where we're going. And we can't wait for all the lights to be green before we leave the house. I think many of us try to play it safe. I know I did for a long time. It was just easier to stay single. It was easier not to date. It was easier to, you know, stay at home and work at home and not go out. So, I mean, there were so many things that the path of least resistance. But when we take that step of going, you know what, I'm going to Italy. I'm absolutely a little bit intimidated here, but the fear isn't going to stop me. And I made the decision to go because I don't want to be one of those people that's going to read about it or talk about other stories. I'm the one that's going to have my own adventures and to be able to stand whatever happens in Italy that I will know that I went there. And I'd rather go and have an adventure of a lifetime than wonder what if and why not. And that's what I think most of us need to do is it's it's tough not to play it safe. But there's so much amazing things that happen to you if you can be willing to step out on faith. I love the idea that, um, you know, the journey of this book is that the Alex, the main uh, guy, uh, in the main character, loses everything. His girlfriend, his dream job, his home, and uh, progressively his sight. So um, going blind like Jim Stovall, our friend, one of the authors, uh, went blind. And his initial reaction is to blame everyone else for his bad luck. But a timely meeting with an old friend and mentor transforms his perspective. And since Jim's been my mentor for 10 years and we've been re- weekly radio friends uh he says to the character you are your own greatest greatest mentor and you know what you need go take action i love that exactly because i think many of the times we do know where we need because one of the books i was reading weeks ago was a find out what you want then find out what you really want then find out what you really 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 want in your heart of hearts and be willing to be able to say hey i want to do this and watch the reaction. I thought people were going to convince me out of this. I thought people were going to think they were nuts. Not one person tried. They were all like, damn, we wish I could go with you. I want to yes. be able to go and have this. And they're like, how did you do this? I'm like, you know what? Money be darned. I can make more. But I can't relive memories that I will never have an opportunity. And I just wasn't willing to pass it up. And that is a little unusual for me because I tend to risk only to a point. And so I think this point was a, you know what? Screw it. Throw caution to the wind and just absolutely take a chance and the net will appear and I'm betting on it. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait to hear about the adventure. And you're staying uh, with friends in Italy? Exactly. Uh, It's a military family that's outside of Pisa. And she says, oh, yeah, we're about five blocks from the leading tower of Pisa. And I'm just chuckling going, oh, my gosh, that's my home for the next five days. Just look out the window going, imagine that, you know. (laughs) That is crazy. I love this. All right, let's um, uh, transition now and talk a little bit about, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but it takes a long time to get through these and they're so good. It's from fullfocus.com, 20 things I learned from my bosses, even the bad ones. And we went through a lot of them, uh, you know, before everyone on the team matters. Uh, no one d- deserves to be treated poorly. So even if you're the lowest man on the to- totem pole, you have value. And then they're talking about p- creating an uh, emotional climate that is really, um, you know, positive to work in. A word of encouragement can make someone's weak. Conversely, a harsh word can ruin it. You know, learning how to give feedback, hiring the right people, not attacking people personally. You focus on their performance. 
get both sides of the story before you take uh, action, tell the truth, then you don't have to remember what you said. And then as we're moving on to some we may not have discussed yet, give people room to fail and don't rub their noses in it when they do. And I think same thing with kids, by the way. Well, absolutely. I mean, learning can help us. We have to teach them how to fail and we have to teach them the benefits of the failure. No different than we have to teach sportsmanship. It's not pleasant not to win. But how many people will look at winning as simply an opportunity for not losing today? It's a per, it's a perspective or not losing yet. It's a community type of event. And then there's one thing I will add is the idea of asking, what's the most important part of a watch? I ask my students that all the time. And most of the time, they look at the most important part in terms of size. And I looked at them as it doesn't matter which part of the watch you're part of from a team is unless they are all there, the watch won't work regardless. Uh-huh. And I think we miss that part because we say, well, somebody's a CEO, he's more important. It's like, no, he's not. Or he's or she's not. It's having all of the parts work together in harmony because if one part is missing, the watch won't work. It's a great lesson here. Uh, I think we talked about this one, measure twice, cut once. So make sure (laughs) you're doing the right thing before you actually do it. But, you know, not too much overthinking either. But, you know, just I used to do that on my tests. I think I told you I if I had time, I went back over every question and answer. And the biggest lesson you'll say is never change an answer. Your gut instinct, your first answer is always the most correct. Unless you have definitive proof that you have something that's absolutely wrong, Go with your gut and don't change an answer because you will actually be more right. So it's I usually was looking for like, um, you know, if I made mistakes in calculations or something like recalculating things or, you know, exactly. going over, uh, you know, an, an answer. If I had to uh, write an essay kind of answer just to make sure I proper punctuation and that it made sense or maybe I'd add a little more information to it. So, yeah, that was my whole straight A student mentality, which, you know, I don't know that that's the best way to go through school, but whatever. It worked for me. It's all I had. <laughs> You know, it's all I had. Mine uh, too. I was valedictorian. I remember. <laughs> oh, I love it. You were ahead of me. All right. Don't ever do. Um, okay. Again, these are things I learned from my bosses, even the bad ones. 13. Don't ever ask your people to do something you are unwilling to do yourself. Oh, that is the, this might be one of the biggest lessons I teach in my leadership programs. There's nothing worse than you cannot lead from an office. You can't lead from behind a desk. If you're going to send your people out to do the dirty work, you better have your gloves on and be standing right next to them, shoulder to shoulder to do it with you, or they will never respect you. We do not send people to do that. We're not willing to do the ugly stuff. It's easy with the good stuff, right? I love that part of undercover boss. I watched it a few times and it was so neat to see the CEO kind of in disguise and like working in a factory and finding like those gems, those workers that were unbelievable, but also a few real creeps, you know, that they didn't want working under them because, you know, when people treat you badly at, um, at, you know, an organization, at a business, the higher ups, they don't want that. Like when I recently flew with American Airlines and we had such shabby treatment, it took them like six weeks to get back to me and it was kind of all they addressed was our mistake and then lied about losing my mother my 80 year old mother that they were transporting to the gate and I wrote back and I said how come you only addressed what you think were our mistakes which was um, they didn't think our dog carrier was big enough so we got a second one and they didn't like that one either so that's what they focused on I'm like well what about the guy changing uh, hiding his name tag what about the woman at the counter who was so rude to us what about the guy who was taking my mom to the gate that as the as we are 
boarding because we were going separately because of the whole dog, dog fiasco. We were boarding and they still had not brought my mother. We were over two hours early for the flight. We're boarding and there's no mother. And then they canceled all of our tickets. We kind of thought to be spiteful, you know, because, you know, we weren't because we, we spent so much time with them trying to work out the dog situation. So anyway, I was like, American Airlines, I thought, well, they would want to like rectify this. They would not want their, their, their customers treated like this. And the response was just, yeah, sorry that you messed up. And so when I wrote back and said, why aren't you addressing, is it okay that you know, supervisors hide their name tags from us and won't get their name? Is it okay that my mother was lost or neglected and there was no one to take her to her gate and at the last minute someone came over from another airline to take her? But they didn't want to address any of that. And I thought, well, that's weird. You would think that they really would want to, when they find something like that, talk to the employees and address it like, look, maybe they didn't have the right size carrier. They brought a second one. You didn't like that either. But there are other things that happened in this exchange that were your fault, not their fault. So when I, when I think about uh, undercover boss and number 13, don't ever ask your people to do something you are unwilling to do yourself. I loved Undercover Boss because they got their hands dirty, like you said. They got in the trenches, and they saw how the job is done, how the sausage is made, how the sandwiches are made, how the bathrooms are cleaned. And they saw some employees that were really outstanding, but a couple of stinkers, too. Well, and it's you can't fix what you don't know. And the whole premise behind Undercover bo- Boss is that many people will not give accuracy to the boss above it because they're too busy either brown-nosing or only good news travels up because they're afraid they might get fired. In, in the absence of good news. And unless a leader will go ahead and make sure that they have a safe environment, you need to have the good, the bad, and the ugly or nothing changes. And most people only like the good. Yeah, I was always hoping when I watched it that they didn't know it was the boss because it was so much, I got just such a kick out of, you know, right. watching the whole, you know, thing take place. Okay, I, I like this one too, and I, I'm guilty of this. Respect other people's time, especially those under you. Now, respecting other people's time, that could mean a business lunch, uh, you know, arriving on time for an interview. If you don't on, arrive on time for my husband's interviews, he just... uh basically opens the door and tells them that they no longer, you know, need uh, them to, you know, conduct the interview. Oh, and on a side note, okay, two things. Um, So don't make your underlings, the people you deem to be beneath you, wait for you just because you have the power. And then laughing about respecting people. My husband sent me a screenshot and he said, my five minute interview, the guy was in the back of an Uber on his way to a Rockies baseball game doing the interview interview with me on my phone and then he wrote boy did I feel important <laughs> so it was he, this guy wanted a job at my husband's company and he's in an uber on the way to a Rockies game doing the interview on his phone well you know we make time for what's important to us exactly and that, and that is something we need to understand those dynamics and many people are like ah, I'll call him in the morning or the rest of it how badly do you want it and what are you willing to give up to get it all right, a couple of others. that I love these. Um, don't believe all the nice things people say about you, especially if you're the boss. Exactly. You got to be a little careful at not to fall into because most of that is exactly the point of the undercover boss. The boss needs to know when they screw up and they need to know all of it, fair and balanced, not just the good stuff, but not just the bad stuff either. There has to be an equal balance. And most people don't like telling the boss bad news. No. Number 16, I like this for business and life. Follow through on your commitments, even when it's inconvenient or expensive. And I think about taking the trip to Nashville with my dad on a 
big Greyhound bus with a bunch of seniors and how many days it took me to get to his town in Minnesota and then the two days to get to Nashville on the bus and all the people I had to get to take care of my kids and get them to all their sports. But it was our last time together, our last trip together, and I'll never forget it. It was hilarious. (laughs) Well, and again, making time for what's important to you and not realizing that it's not just the end destination. Think about all the stories along those two days instead of just the getting there that you might have missed. Life's an adventure. It's all how you look at it. Okay. Do not complain about your boss to anyone. If you have to complain, then have the integrity to quit. And I've got to do the two more. Keep confidences. Make no exceptions. If you're at work and someone, you say, I will, I will keep this confidence, then you darn well better do it. Obviously, if someone's at risk or, you know, you know, in danger, a little bit different. And then last but not least, don't be eager to get promoted. Instead, focus on doing a great job. We have about 30 seconds left. What do you think? I think it's all about how we show up because that's the only part that we get to control is we can't control what the rest of the world does, but only what we do. And that's what the important part of that lesson is. Well, if you're looking for a speaker or you'd like to write a book, DrCherylLentz.com, DrCherylLentz.com. Have a great time in Italy. Can't wait to have you back. You'll be gone two weeks and then we'll get the lowdown on your adventure. Thank you, friend. Have fun. Be safe. Grazie. Thank you for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin on AM670 KLTT.